Yeah, Greg, if you ain't doing nothing, make sure you tune in. Yeah, Greg Cosell joins us. Greg. <laughs> you guys, what, you guys have a little snow down there? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have. We have like seven and eight inches, Cosell. You know we don't like this stuff. We need deep in well, it, I, don't, I, I grew up in the Northeast, and I don't like it either, but that's, you know, <laughs> I didn't realize that you uh, had that kind of weather. Yeah. Yeah, now the Titans are in Houston on Sunday, so they'll be good. But, yeah, it's it's hardcore here right now. Right. So Jim Wyatt put wow. out on Twitter uh, a look at Derrick Henry at practice today, and it was a snowplow going 100 miles an hour throwing <laughs> snow everywhere, <laughs> which, which I thought was great because there aren't very many people that can go cover practice, and when they're in the bubble, as they were today, no one was there except for team mm-hmm. employees like Jim Wyatt. So that told us that Derrick Henry did practice today after practicing yesterday, uh, which is a good thing. Um, so, Greg, let's start there. Let's start with the run game. Deontay Foreman against Miami, 26 carries, 132 yeah. yards, and a touchdown. I went back and looked, and Miami had gone 11 consecutive games without giving up a 100-yard rusher, rushing to a running back. And In fact, the most they gave up was 73 to James Robinson before that performance. What did you see from Deontay Foreman against the Miami Dolphins? Well, I thought they controlled the point of attack pretty well in the game. And and obviously he had two big runs and that always helps. The the Dolphins had not given up big any big runs. It's usually the big runs that lead to one hundred yard performances because there's always going to be two and three and four yard runs for the most part in, in most games, especially if you run the ball with frequency. Don't forget the way the game played out as well allowed the Dolphins uh, allowed the Titans to stay with the run game. So we had the 21-yard touchdown run, which was actually a really nice uh, – I thought that um, Foreman really showed great patience, showed great vision on that. Um, there was a great combo block on that by Jones and Saffold. Um, there was a great one-on-one block by Lawan. Uh So uh, then he had – you know, the only run in the game that was a gap scheme run, meaning they pulled a guard – uh, was the 35-yard direct snap run. Other than that, every run was a zone run. And he had a 20. He had the 21-yarder, the 35-yarder, the 14. He had a 14-yard run. So I thought they really handled them well up front. And that's. Uh, I thought it was one of the better games that this O-line played. And of course, it was the it was the starting group. So they were mm. back together. God, I want to say it's the first time that that entire group has been together. So I think I think that's true. Yeah. So. Um, um, when you say that that they played better, like what stood out about that group together as far as working? Well, if you're going to run, Don, the, the zone run game, a couple of things have to happen. Number one, you have to get combo blocks because you end up double teaming and then one of the double teamers works up to the second level. So that's a combo block. And then you get one on one blocks as well. Um, so uh, those things have to work. And then your back has to show the necessary patience and vision to sort of see how it plays out because you don't know exactly where the hole is going to open when you take the snap uh, and and the ball is is stuck in your belly. You have a sense based on the front, which is why running backs have to understand defensive fronts just as much as offensive linemen and quarterbacks because the last thing you want to do, for instance, if you're a, a running back, is cut into an unblocked defender. And there's almost always going to be an unblocked defender in a run game unless you're running against, you know, a two-shell split safety look where there's just two deep safeties. But almost always, if you're a running football team, there's going to be an extra defender in the box who's unblocked. So you have to understand as a runner who that is, 
how you're blocking because you don't want to cut right into an unblocked player because he's going to tackle you more more than likely. So when you look at and and I know you you don't like to compare, but there is just talk. Derrick Henry, Foreman, where are their games similar? Where are they different? Well, I'm going to answer it this way, Don. In many ways, it's irrelevant because let's think this of it this way. Makes sense. <laughs> let's th- let's think of it this way. First of all, when Derrick Henry's healthy, he's going to play. So that that's not really relevant. Derrick Henry is arguably the best back in the league, uh, so he's going to play if he's truly healthy. Now, if he's not truly healthy and they feel the need to have two guys play, that's different. But if Derrick Henry is truly healthy with no residual effects, he's going to be the back. So. The more important point is what's going to happen with their pass game, because here's the profile of this team right now. The profile of this team is a good run game, a really good defense that can generate pressure on quarterbacks in passing situations by rushing four, which allows them to play seven in coverage and therefore allows their coverage to do a lot of different things um, with a pass game that is relatively anemic. Um, Other than the second half of the San Francisco game where Tannehill was phenomenal on third down, they've not been very good on third down. They've not created explosive plays. So the question you have to ask is, unless that changes, is this a deep into the playoffs Super Bowl profile? That's the question. It's not really about Derrick Henry or or Deontay Foreman. If Derrick Henry plays, he's more than likely to rush for 130 or 140 or, or 150 yards. But can they get can they in a sense get to where they want to go without the pass game being a factor and keep one thing in mind we thought last year wow derrick henry derrick henry and then they played baltimore in the playoffs and what happened derrick henry what rushed for 60 yards give or take and they had nothing else to do because he could only rush for 60 yards right so they need they need a pass game yeah and that's happened uh the last couple of years in the playoffs that that Mm -hmm. pass game just completely went away um so, yeah, I mean, that's an overriding question, certainly. And, and I would guess, just guess, uh, maybe, you know, you can expand on this, maybe not. But if I'm running a defense and Derrick Henry suddenly is is back into the game and is a factor, it's they're still going to have to, the Titans are still going to have to prove it to me that, that he is all the way back and that he is a, a player that I need to put extra men in the box for, right? Yeah, and again, if Derrick Henry is totally healthy, I'm not suggesting that defenses are going to say, hey, give it to Derrick Henry, we don't care. Right. Derrick Henry is a big-time back, and the difference between Henry and most backs in the league is his ability to go 60 or 70 or 80 yards on any given play. You know, that, that's the uni- that's one of the reasons that makes Derrick Henry Derrick Henry is he's a 247-pound man who can run 60, 70, 80 yards for a touchdown. You know, you don't think of backs that size doing that. So, so yes, can he himself provide an explosive play at times? Certainly. But I guess the point I'm trying to make, and we've talked about this before, is can they have a pass game that can be independent of their run game if need be in a given game, because clearly you get into the playoffs and you're playing better teams. So let's say you get into a game like the Tennessee playoff game a year ago, where for what, for whatever reason, Derrick Henry is somewhat shut down and contained. Then what happens? Right. Mm. You saw um, a little bit of a twist from Downing with um, putting 
AJ Brown in the backfield, kind of like Debo Samuel. So you know you got you got some things to work with um, moving ahead. But when you're getting a change of pace, what's the difference that you see on film between a guy like McNichols and Hilliard? Well, McNichols is essentially the third down back at this point, for the most part. Mm. Um, Hilliard seems to be the sort of change of pace back in normal, more normal down and distance. Okay. He's got a little, he's got more juice than Foreman. Although Foreman looked pretty good this week. Uh, you know, maybe he's getting into the flow because he's now playing three, four weeks. He he yeah. clearly is their feature back right now mm-hmm. until Derrick Henry gets back. Um, again, I come back to the same point. If Henry's healthy, I don't know how many snaps any of these guys are going to get. I mean, McNichols might still get snaps because he's the third down back. And he got the snaps even when when Derek was playing. He was the third down back. So I don't know what happens with Hilliard or um, Foreman if they're even – I don't know the answer to that. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how many backs they're going to keep based on roster construction. You know, when, when, because is Henry now back on the, he's not on the 53 yet, is he? No. Uh, designated to return from IR. So something's going to have to happen when he becomes part of the 53. Right. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I'd be surprised if he played on Sunday. Uh, not saying that he Yeah. Um, my guess is, look, I'm not saying this is an easy game. Houston's played a lot better. They're, they're competitive now. Um, it's a game they have to win to maintain the number one seed. They'd like to have a week off. Certainly, if that happens, he will play in the first playoff game because that would be three weeks away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you see from Houston uh, as as we transition into the game coming up this weekend? It's a team that's lost that lost eleven out of twelve, but has suddenly won two out of three. What What do you see from the Texans as as they clearly are fighting down the stretch? No question. Look, I think offensively. I think that Davis Mills has has gradually improved. He's made incremental improvement um, each week. He's a certain kind of quarterback. He's mostly a pocket quarterback. He's a pretty thrower. He looks the part. You guys may know that he was the number one quarterback recruit coming out of high school in the Atlanta area. He he committed to Stanford early, so the SEC stayed away from him. Um, but he he looks the part. When he's clean in the pocket and comfortable, he can really throw it well. When the bodies start to get around him, he speeds up a little bit, and he's nowhere near as efficient. And we know that the Titans can present a really strong four-man pass rush. Um, their run game's been up and down. Clearly, a few weeks ago, they they had Burkhard run for 149 yards, and, and their run game looked dominant. Um, it wasn't quite the same against the 49ers this week. Um, but their receivers, they've got NFL you know, quality NFL receivers. So uh, this is not a bad offense. The O-line is the issue. Um, they've had a mix and match all season with a lot of players that whose names no one would know. Uh, but uh, their offense has definitely performed better. And Mills can make throws. Um, you know, defensively, there's not a ton of mystery to what they do on defense. Under Lovey Smith, they started the year playing a ton of cover, too, because that's what he was in his career. Right. But they got burned too often in cover two because it's just become a little too easy to beat in the NFL today. So now they 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 still play cover two, but he's become a little more multiple in his coverages. They're not a big blitz team at all, so they'll rush four. Um, so there's not, like I said, there's not a lot of mystery to attacking them uh, if you're an offense. Uh, well, speak. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say a guy that's very familiar with that defense, Zach Cunningham, and will be ready. What have you seen from him as far as the fit in this Titan system and what he's putting on film lately? 
I think he's been playing really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think he always stands out in, in, whether he makes plays or not because of his size and his length. Cause he looks, he just looks different than, than the other linebackers. And he's always looked that way cause he's a legit six, three two thirty five or two forty. So he just looks different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think he's been, you know, a quality player. They think so too, because he plays, he pretty much plays every snap other than in dime. And I know David Long was back, so it'll be interesting how they kind of mix and match now what they want to do with, with um, Cunningham, Brown, um, you know, I mean, Long, uh, Evans, you know, how they're going to kind of put all this together because they've got some good players there. And, uh, you know, what they've Long started to play a lot more this week. So mm-hmm. we'll see because I thought Long before he got hurt was playing at a really high level. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, I want to get your take on Tua because uh, the, the, the times that I've watched him this year, and I, I watched the entire Saints game, he just doesn't push the ball down the field. That's not what they do. I guess the Titans, they actually did try to do that, um, but um, were, well, were lacking in their attempts. Well, what, what do you see just, on tape? Just think that? about what you said, Brent. Do you think there's any offensive coach in the NFL that says, I don't want to push the ball down the field? No, zero. So why do you think they don't push the ball down the field? Because he can't do it. Correct. So <laughs> thank you for leading the witness there. Uh, yeah. 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 You know. So the bottom line is, and you know, Hey, look, you know, I do a ton of draft work. I'm wrong. Just like a lot of people at times, you know, that's the nature of doing draft work, but I was pretty much right on understanding what Tua was watching him at Alabama. Yeah. What Tua is, is he's a plant and throw quarterback and he has to be able to play with precision. That's why there's such a focus on the RPO game, because theoretically the RPO game gives you that quickly defined throw where it's it's just all quick game kind of stuff. Um, that's what he is. You know, just because he makes a deep throw, like when he threw the deep sail to Waddle, you know, when I say that he can't do it, that doesn't mean he can't. He's not physically capable of throwing the ball 40 or 45 yards. Of course he is. He's an NFL quarterback. But in terms of really being able to drive the ball down the field as a consistent, meaningful part of your offense, that he cannot do. He's an executor. He's a ball distributor in the short to intermediate passing game. He needs to be able to play with timing and rhythm, and the ball has to come out. So the offense has to present and define the reads and the throws for him. And if that doesn't happen, which, by the way, it did not happen very much in this game. The Titans did an excellent job understanding their offense and taking a lot of that away. You saw he gets stuck in the pocket because he's not what we call a late-in-the-down pocket thrower. He can't sit there and wait and then drive the ball. He's a backup quarterback in this league is, is, is what I well, see. Um, uh, and, and that's, you know, again. And that's fine. Uh, you know, to be fair, he's a piece. So they need a run game before I would feel, you know, his his traits and, and attributes won't change. What I just said won't change. But if he had a dominant run game, he might be a player that's more efficient on a weekly basis. You know, right now they don't that's have fair. a dominant run game. Yep, that's fair. Or a line. Uh, and they've addressed the line. So, you know, <laughs> they've got a second round pick. This year playing left tackle, they've got a first round pick from a year ago that they moved from left tackle to left guard. Uh, so they've addressed the line. They've got young players playing on their old line, but they, it just hasn't worked up to this point. Real quick, uh, we didn't get a chance to ask you last week because we were not on the air last week. But um, what, what did you uh, what did you see from Dylan Radence uh, inserted at, at left tackle two games ago? Oh, yeah, he 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 was very erratic. He struggled. Yeah, Um 
it was it was a a performance I would have expected. So again, you know, I'm 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 one of those people. I think you guys know me well enough to know that you know I try. I, I think I'm reasonable about this stuff. You know, I don't make bold, controversial statements just to make bold, controversial statements. You know, I would have expected him to struggle. Uh, you know, he's a guy that played left tackle in North Dakota State. He didn't play his last year. Um, and now you're asking him to step into a game at left tackle against quality opponents. And, uh, you know, I would have expected an up and down performance. And that's what you got. Ultimately, he needs to get stronger. Um too many guys got into him and moved him. He needs to yeah. get stronger, both as a run blocker and as an anchor in pass protection. Yeah, my evaluation was success because uh, Tannehill did not leave in a body bag, so there's that. What's that? I said Tannehill did not leave in a body bag, so that's, oh, that's oh, success. Oh, oh. Is that is that your that's your standard? That's my evaluation. Okay. <laughs> that's your standard that's trouble. Standard. Wow. Yeah. Well. That's, that's where we are uh, with some of the offensive line uh, uh, per, uh, positional uh, moves that so now wait a second year. so if the if the chiefs were to lose on saturday mm. that does that mean the titans they're the number one seed no matter what uh yes so they could rest people theoretically i don't believe the chiefs will lose but if if that indeed happened that you know and Vrabel's not going to come out and say what he's going to do publicly but they theoretically could, could rest people if that happened right and you're literally the first person to bring that up in this market mm-hmm. this week i think so. Well, I'm just, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, I, I don't expect the Chiefs to lose, but, you know, hey, that's why they play the games. Yes, it is. There it is. Thank you, Greg. Good to hear from you. Uh, pray for us, uh, and uh, we'll we'll hopefully talk. I hope you guys get home safely. I know you don't deal well with the white stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we call it white death down here. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> see, you, see you, buddy. I agree. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. At, at Greg Cosell, the best in the business.